0: Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power.
1: how are you? Yeah, not too bad. So the last time we caught up was uh, like in person, um, prior to kind of planning and stuff, we sat in 2kw over in a big meeting room where Mm. we spoke about next year and i had to leave early because i was going to jump in the car with my family and go get a dog
2: oh how did it go well we looked at
1: the dog this was on a monday so we went and looked at the dog at um langhorne creek Mm. we were thinking of getting a cavoodle because we've got a golden retriever kimber she's 13 and you know she's closer to the end than she is the start. So we thought, how do we transition her out of the business and um, make sure it's a smooth transition? So we went and looked at Cavoodles, and I thought, yeah, they're cute, but not ready for a dog. We don't need another one. Because no. it's like having a third child, and you would know, because you've got, you got five kids, don't you? Yeah. Yes. So anyway, made it home, because my wife said to me, we're getting a dog today, aren't we? And I said, no we definitely not. The kids are upset. Anyway, made it home. On the Wednesday morning, I was sleeping on the couch because my wife was snoring like a banshee and um, got a message on my phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. That three. said, Yeah, three, because she she'd obviously woken herself up. by a, And um, the message said, the kids and I really want this dog. And I thought, I can't be the key decision maker in this family. Sometimes well, things things Stand up. Sometimes things just don't go your way. Mm. So I thought, all right, fine.
2: You hopped out of bed at three o'clock? Wednesday
1: morning, my daughter, my eldest one, Rain and I, drove to Langhorn Creek and we got the dog. The Cavoodle. The Cavoodle that vomited all over my daughter on the way home. Mm -hmm. And she was such a little trooper. She handled it so well. Um, So
2: what did did you end up with as a name?
1: A black Cavoodle called Luna.
2: So is it a male or a female?
1: Female. Luna because it's um, got a little bit of white on it. So it's like a lunar eclipse. And um, so, Kimber, our golden retriever, is white, a white golden retriever. Now we've got a black cavoodle. And you know what the dog's really good at? No. Pooing and weeing inside (laughs) constantly.
2: Well, what did you Um, expect? I know, it's it's just challenging. Yeah, it's puppy. You're training it? Giving any.
1: Graduated puppy school last night, actually.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, but it's just tough. I mean, it's better than a cat, but it's still tough.
2: Well, I don't know. First world problems, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah,
1: they are. But I just wanted to give you an update. We've got the dog. Mm. So I now, when I wake up in the middle of the night, tiptoe through our hallway. And if I slide a little bit, I know I've stood in shit. (laughs) Then I have to go wash my feet in the shower. So
2: it's, well. at least
1: kids have nappies, you know?
2: We we, uh, have a slightly different problem. We have two cats. We're more of a cat. Yeah, that is a problem. No, it's not a problem. But the problem that we've been having is that the cats more recently have been um, uh, capturing uh, rats and coming in and they they sort of give them to you. They they present them to you as a a sort of Yeah, look what I've got. Yeah, and that's a sign of affection. Mm. But it always tends to be my job to sort of dispose of the rat. Mm. And and if it's on – our bin night is Monday – and being summer, if it, if the rat is deposited on the Tuesday Disgusting. and you put it in the bin, by the, a week's time, it's gen- the bin is generally a no-go zone. Yep. So um, that hasn't been much fun. But we've had two rats. So, oh, look, I'm glad that the cats are earning their keep because that's what they're there for, keep the, the sort of rats away mm. and mice. But, yeah, not very nice be presented with them in the lounge room?
1: No, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. Pets and animals are strange at the best of times. So um, it's good to be back. A lot of sport over summer. We spoke about on the podcast today. Matt Richardson joined us from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Big rhino, Ryan Harris, to reflect on the summer of cricket. And we've got a big year. I mean... Mm. It's a big year coming up.
2: It is a huge year. And I had a bit of a dummy spit about the price of avocado.
1: You did. I got sad this morning driving up Hindley Street to Studio Lumo because Red Square is going to close down. So what am I going to look at now driving <laughs> up Hindley Street? People vomiting at five o'clock in well, the morning. Yeah,
2: well, what's happening to Hindley Street? There's, there's places closing down left, right and centre. Yeah,
1: but some, sometimes that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's bad if the business is going out. Mm. But, um,
2: well, you think a bit of gentrification. What does that mean? It means a regeneration of housing, generally, of a suburb. So, mm. you know, when older people die off and younger people come into that suburb and, and it changes its sort of flow.
1: People have different habits now. People are doing things differently. Um, I'll just keep doing the same thing.
2: So maybe out with the nightclubs and there might be some other sort of...
1: Business. Lawn bowls. Imagine you going to the Hindley Street lawn bowls.
2: <laughs> maybe not. Maybe downtown will make a comeback.
1: No, that's, that's too old for me. I'm kind of in the heaven area.
2: Yeah, that's no more. They had a reunion at uh, Moorfield Racecourse.
1: They did. That was massive. Yeah, I didn't go.
2: A lot of old people like myself just sort of waddled in there. I didn't Did go. you go? No, but I no, had, I didn't I had friends would. that w- went. Yeah. similar age to me. Carried on like they were young again.
1: 50? No, you're older than 50, aren't you?
2: 54. What are, you, what are you? Forty. You're a spring chicken.
1: Yeah, but it's good though because it means that if I do okay at this, I've got a bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> you um, <laughs> I'm yeah.
2: in the fifty up club.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. It's good to be back.
2: Cheap insurance.
0: <laughs> Tire power. Big brands, better buy. Sale on now. Twenty five percent off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. Well, I can't believe it. I've just had to have a look at
1: my watch. It's Tuesday the 13th of Feb. It is the day before Valentine's Day, and we are expressing love early. Mark Bickley, happy 2024. We are back in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA.
2: Good morning, Jared Walsh, and good morning to everyone that's tuning in. It feels like an eternity since we've been here, but uh, cannot wait to get back into it. So much has happened uh, since we last sat here and chatted both in the sporting world and, um, and in our lives as well. So When uh... did
1: I last see you? It was probably the 30th of November, I reckon, and we said, see you later. We will catch up so much over summer, and we didn't.
2: Well, uh... that's because you're gallivanting all over Australia, whether mm. it be the cricket, the soccer, the basketball, the tour down under. I can't get a look in. Your diary is too full, and I, I rank too lowly on your priorities. Unfortunately for me,
1: I even had a milestone birthday and I'm like, Hey, you know, you, you and your wife, Tori should come and celebrate. Mm. Got a, a direct no, just to <laughs> see you later. It's not happening.
2: Well, you, I've sort of felt maybe I was a sort of last minute invitation because you're having a big, big soiree, had a big soiree. Well, no, you're having one because we've got yeah. a, uh, a 50th birthday. Is, is there an echo in here? We're in a Something's line.
1: going on with our headphones at the moment, <laughs> which is you just walk into this studio and you go, yeah, no, everything's not broken at all.
2: Um, so unfortunately, yeah, we, we were already booked out on that night. So yes, you'll have to celebrate without myself and Tori.
1: I'm just having a look around and just waiting for when you bring the present in for my birthday? Is there, is that, or is that just your presence is my present?
2: Well, I thought... Because you didn't give me a present on my birthday that we sort of would re- <laughs> be reciprocal rights. Um, if you
1: want to let us know some of the things that you got up to over November, December, January, um, let us know on the text line 042 Something's broken in the studio nah, well, already.
2: Just we can hear each other's voices in areas. But anyway, we'll keep soldiering on. Um, yourself, what were your highlights over the break?
1: There's... There's a fair bit, like there's a a fair bit that I loved. There's a fair bit that I kind of didn't love. We actually asked on socials as well, your moment of the summer or moments because there were plenty of them. Um, I loved being part of the test match, Australia and the West Indies, Mm. because I think leading into summer, we scoffed at the international cricket schedule and timetable.
2: Particularly after last year, the Windies didn't exactly cover themselves with glory, did they?
1: Yeah. So Pakistan had their send-off, and Pakistan were competitive in kind of parts. A bit
2: of grit they had.
1: Yep. There was a nice send-off for David Warner in Sydney at the SCG. Didn't get to 100, but he still managed to make over a half century and celebrate in the way that he wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the West Indies come to town, and lots of things about that Test match Put question marks up. First of all, the scheduling. I mean, we were so confused that there was a test match in Adelaide in January.
2: And started on on a Wednesday, did it, or a Thursday?
1: Yep. And that that was funny for me because I had been invited that weekend to go fishing with my mates in Ardrossan. And I said, I can't do it, boys, because the West Indies are here. They're playing against Australia. The only chance that I will have to get to this test match... And then get to Ardrossen was if it it's over in a couple of days. And it ended up being over in two days and two hours. Mm. So I went straight from Adelaide Oval to Ardrossen. Um, but the moment for me, and especially over the summer, which which put a bit of life back into test match cricket, um, but also the West Indies, was a man by the name of Shamar Joseph.
3: Yeah, if you're a kid and curtly says you can bowl, then you believe in yourself. In he comes to Steve Smith.
4: Edge! (laughs) Oh! No way! He's out first. Ball is bowled. Unbelievable. Gets a wicket with the first delivery. He's
0: bowled to Steve Smith, one of the greats of all time.
1: So he gets a wicket with his first (laughs) delivery in Test Match Cricket, and it's Steve Smith. Mm Mm-hmm. Then he gets Marnus Labashain, and he ends up with five, which is fantastic. And we Amazing. thought, this is a flash in the pan kind of thing. And then uh, I managed to to travel with the team to Brisbane at the Gabba to wrap up the Test Series. And we get to that last day, and it was quite funny because we showed on the big screen at the Gabba, the last time that Australia were defeated by the West Indies on Australian soil mm-hmm. was the match here at Adelaide Oval when mm-hmm. Craig McDermott spun around and was given court behind where we all think he didn't hit it. We thought, oh, surely this, this can't happen again. Um, we were looking at the weather radar, thinking that it's going to rain uh, the following day, so we needed to get a result today, where Australia had a really achievable target to chase down. Mm. And I, I think the Australians kind of stuffed it up a little bit. I think they went out chasing the weather and trying to get the match done in that day. And then it was Shamar Joseph again that ended up taking seven.
0: He lets fly. Hazel's bowled! Shamar Joseph has bowled the West Indies to the most romantic of victories. And one of the truly great upsets in Test cricket history.
1: Yeah, the thing you have to keep in mind here, Bix, it was the night before where Shamar Joseph was hit on the the foot by Mitchell Mm. Stark. And I watched him walk off. I was sitting right on the the boundary at that point. There was blood coming out of his foot. Hmm. so we thought there is no chance that he's going to play. And he was limping around the ground. If he didn't play on that day, Australia would have won the Test match. Hmm. So it was incredible. It
2: was quite incredible. When he came back from hospital, I don't even think he packed his shoes because he didn't think there was going to be any chance. So he borrowed some and then bowls seven, well, gets seven wickets and bowls the West Indies to victory. the First time in 27 years. It was just quite amazing. And it sort of um, feeds into... A few people have said this already, but I can uh, absolutely concur. Towards the end there, I found myself barracking for the West Indies and Shamar Joseph. I'm not sure if that's a it's un-Australian or it's a It's Sin. not because I can <laughs>
1: tell you there were a lot of people wearing Cricket Australia clothes that were celebrating and then realised we were wearing Cricket Australia clothes because it was good for cricket. Mm. Um, then there's the next part of that going, well, the West Indies are – paid significantly less than the Australian players. Yeah. Shamar Joseph, as much as he says, I'm going to play test cricket for the West Indies. Well, you just don't know because of the lure of money in the IPL and T20 competitions all around the world. You saw that squad and the T20 squad that played in Adelaide the other night. Oh, a moth just flew out of your <laughs> wallet then by the looks <laughs> of it in Studio <laughs> <Lumo>. That's amazing. <laughs> um yeah, so it was uh, a really big highlight of the summer for me. And they've been competitive. Mm, um,
2: absolutely. And and even the T20 stuff. I know, um, you know, Australia have, you know, sort of cruised in those matches and more so in the 50-over the games. But they've still put big totals. They've got over 200 in the last couple of matches, which has been impressive. 200 is a good score in T20, but... Unfortunately, haven't been able to restrict Australia.
1: Well, there is something that I wanted to tell you about how seriously the West Indies team are taking these T20 matches. Um, I was in Hobart last week Mm -hmm. for the first of the three matches. Saw that. And without naming names, um, the West Indies team was supposed to have a photo shoot by Getty, the official photographers, so they could get their headshots for the big screen and everything else. Mm -hmm. One of the players didn't make the photo shoot and the – the feedback from the team was: we just can't locate him. He hasn't surfaced from his room yet. <laughs>
2: we well, might have been sleeping.
1: <laughs> Two o'clock in the afternoon. It's uh, <laughs> jet lag or something. <laughs> uh, we are here thanks to Kubota. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. Bix, what was your moment of the summer?
2: My moment. Um, can I just go back one step? My youngest son had a nasty fall off his bike and uh, ended up in hospital for a few days and broke his arm and was severely concussed. So I ended up sitting around a fair bit, but um, it was around the time when the Australian Open was on Mm. and the second week. So often I don't sort of consume a whole lot of tennis during the Australian Open because it is time consuming, you know, watching those four and five hour matches. But um, I got right into it and it was just loving what i saw a young player a young italian player yannick sinner uh, there was the the local connection which was darren cale was now taking over the coaching duties and it was a changing of the guard first he got over djokovic and then he went all the way and, and won the final 3-5-4-5-4-5-3.
0: And a simply sensational way for Yannick Sinner to win the Australian Open. His maiden major happens in Melbourne.
1: I think, as you said, with the West Indies too, a lot of people were just excited that it wasn't Novak in the final.
2: Yeah, well, and, and this is the way he did it as well. Like, he blew Novak off the court in the semi, and then he came up against Medvedev, who was amazing in the first two sets. And, and, and for him to then have to sort of compose himself, get back in the match. I think he faced a couple of uh, match points, I can't remember, or break points that would have had Medvedev serving for the match in the third set, but just was able to win the, the third and the fourth and then clearly he closed it out in the fifth. So amazing for a young man, 23 years of age and uh, looks to have great composure. He's got a huge game and we're going to see a fair bit more of him, you would think.
1: Send us a text, 0427154166, your moment of the summer We understand that summer's coming to an end, but it's the first time Bix and I have seen each other Mm. forever. So let us know. Um, Our moment of the summer is, thank you very much, do we make a difference, save on your everyday living expenses. There's a few differences being made at the Port Adelaide Football Club. Their big board reveal last week. We will chat to the CEO of the Port Adelaide Football Club, Matthew Richardson, about that later on this morning. Um, Also, the SA Redbacks and Adelaide Strikers bowling coach, Ryan Harris, because the third of the T20s. It's happening tonight over in Western Australia. Plenty more as well. We'll cover Super Bowl. On the mark is back. And your calls, if you want to give us a call, one 736 736 Sunny, a top of 27 degrees today. Good morning.
0: Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. 18 minutes past six
1: on SENSA breakfast. We are back for 2024. Thanks to Tire Power Save, big time on Falcon All Terrain Tires, and we're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley. Um, before we get into our sports update, how did you go getting up really early this morning? Because it's always a bit of a shock to the system. I think the night before you have to wake up, and I obviously still wake up a lot earlier than you. Considering I'm I'm here probably four hours before you preparing no, for no, the show. So
2: so. Let's just stop right there. When, when you say that, sometimes people think that is actually correct. Mm. So let's just unpack that statement. We both get in around five. Right? Oh, that's,
1: that is your first lie of the year. <laughs> that's your first lie of the well, year.
2: Around five. What time did I get in this morning? 5.15. 5.12 I was here this morning.
1: That's not around five.
2: Well, I would say that. Um, now, you said I get here four hours before you. That'd make you being here at 1.12.
1: It's committed. And
2: (laughs) so that's your first lie of the year.
1: Let's give everybody a bit of an update for the people that have been with us on this journey for the past 12 months. (laughs) The the issues that we encountered last year whilst Mm. making our way into Studio (laughs) Lumo powered by Lumo Energy SA. And I think the biggest thing for us was the car park situation and getting into the area just off Hindley Street where our car park's located Mm. and
2: It's undergoing a renovation and sometimes it's blocked and there's trucks parked there or garbage trucks or you name it. It's safe
1: to say that this is the longest renovation (laughs) I have seen in any sort of construction.
2: They're replacing the fascia of the whole building on one King William Street. Now that's the old, it's the old AMP building. I'm not sure what it is now. It's got another sign on top, but that's a big building, but it has been, it feels like it's longer than War and Peace.
1: Oh, my gosh. And the lift doesn't work now. So you press the button on the lift and it doesn't work.
2: Well, I take the stairs. So but the
1: staircase the... has some interesting things in there. I feel like some people, if they need to go to the bathroom, use that staircase. <laughs> <laughs> so. you
2: know, I just should like the exercise in the morning.
1: It's a good welcome back. And you're going to get on Strava as well. So you're going to chuck that into your Strava going <laughs> on the staircase. That'll be
2: the only thing that will go on Strava is walking <laughs> from the car park into here, which is about a, a total of 50 metres. But anyway.
1: If you want to get involved on the show, one three hundred seven 736 We'll read out your text very soon. In the meantime...
2: Give us a bit of a sports update, what we're waking up to, Bix. Okay, yeah, the good news here. Two South Australians who have each played two ODIs are in line to make their international T20 debuts. Jake Fraser-McGurk, we love watching him play. And this is a bit of a surprising one. And Wes Agar have been added to the uh, Australia's T20 international squad for the final match of their Dettol series against the West Indies. Now, where's that being played? Uh, in Perth. Perth. wonder if anyone will turn up. That'll be the next thing.
1: Yeah, the, the crowds have been very hit and miss Adelaide always turn up, but I would have said that Adelaide's crowd on the weekend was still disappointing for an international match, Mm. which was pretty full strength for the Australians.
2: Yeah. Well, we might hear a little bit more about that in, uh, on the mark. I reckon there's, it's almost time. Okay. Mm. Uh, Adelaide veteran Rory Sloan is set to start exercising again from tomorrow as the former Crows captain begins his comeback from a second surgery on a detached retina. Now, Rory Laird uh, was back again uh, last night with Kimbo and the Roach and he spoke about Rory Sloan's progress.
5: Yeah, yeah, it seems to be really unexpected and, and we sort of didn't really hear about it till it sort of happened. You go, oh, one day he's at training and then he's had surgery. So it's obviously a concerning part of the body. But um, yeah, he's been around the club and, and seems bit more better spirits now that he can actually sort of get up and move around. It sounds pretty gruesome and looks pretty gruesome. So um, he's tracking well, but I obviously don't know the extent of it, you know, in detail.
2: Hmm. Well, I bumped into Rory yesterday. I was uh, down at the club and he was in great spirits and very confident and uh, effervescent as he always is. So I, I think it's, just, it's business as usual for Rory Slime. Uh, also, uh, while we're talking uh, local footy, Newport Adelaide captain Connor Rosey said his side has addressed its key deficiencies from last season in a move which is set to turbocharge the powers hunt for a premiership in 2024.
5: We clearly had a few things at the end of last year that um, probably needed to be filled. And like you said, we, we brought in a, a couple of key defenders, which we needed, and a couple of ruckmen with Scotty Lysette uh, hanging up the boots. So... Yeah, in terms of our squad, I think we've got everything that we need to to get us to that next step. Uh, the thing about this competition is you can't just rock up and expect it to happen, though, so there's, there's 17 other teams that are doing the exact same thing that we are in the pre-season probably think they're flying just as much as we do. So, uh, yeah, we understand that we've got to get back to work and... And really earn that final spot before we can start talking about the end of the year. We'll hear more about that after seven o'clock,
1: and we catch up with the CEO of the Port Adelaide Football Club, Matthew Richardson, at 23 minutes past six. If you want to get involved in the show, we would love to hear from you. Your moment of the summer, 0427 154 166. We make a difference, helping members save up to 12% at hundreds of shops and restaurants. SENSA Breakfast, back for 2024.
0: Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres.
1: 29 minutes past six
0: on SENSA Breakfast back for
1: 2024. If you do want to send us a text, we'd love to hear from you. 0427-154-166 Mark Bickley. we got a text message.
2: Yes, from Callum who says, welcome back, boys. Big shout out to the 36s fans over the last two months. Well done. Uh, that's because they've really got behind their team Sellouts nearly every, uh, every home game And under Scott Minnis have done some really nice stuff as well So, um, And also, Callum's just asking Was that a very average Super Bowl halftime show? Are you an Usher fan?
1: We can talk more about it after the news There's a lot to unpack when it comes to the Super Bowl Yesterday, including, I mean, your favourite story of the summer Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift So we'll talk more about it after oh, the news It's
2: a
0: love story <laughs> oh, Thanks, Dad <laughs> With Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Big brands better buy. sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. 27 minutes to 7.
1: Good morning. We are back for 2024. We're in Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. A huge thanks to Kubota for being on board this year too. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Mark Bickley. Just going to say welcome back every time I speak today because it's so wonderful to see mm. you. We are here. It's like a couple of weekends away until football season begins. It's the exciting part of the well, year. I can't isn't
2: it? believe it. Like there's uh, internal trial matches this weekend coming yep. up. Friday
1: night, Port has one.
2: Yeah, and so, same with uh, the LA Football Club. We're in Port Lincoln. We're Port Adelaide playing there. They're
1: at, They're at Alberton, Alberton, which was we can talk about this with Matthew Richardson uh, on the weekend. Was incredible. saw the the new facility Mm. uh, managed to have a look through there um and it's it's not just great for the Port Adelaide Football Club um it's great for the whole community Mm. I know that the West Adelaide Bearcats they've run out of room where to play basketball now they have a new area where they can actually have some games for their junior development too
2: indoor soccer I saw an indoor pitch in there I'm sure Mm. that's going to get a bit of a workout as well from the community and it's um I heard David Kosh, and he is to be commended, him uh, along with his board, for what they've been able to do. They've actually created uh, a real, uh, partway through, a real sporting precinct. He, mm. he also mentioned there's more work to be done around the bowling club. They're going to do some, or they plan to do some renovations there. There's so- a big
1: screen there too. So uh, on Friday with the internal trial, like, they'll be filming it. It will be on the big screen. It looks incredible. Someone who I saw there, Bix, on 1300 736 736, our first call of the morning, our first call for 2024. is Annie, good morning to you. It was lovely to see you.
6: Oh, it was lovely to see you too, Walshy. G'day, Bix. Welcome back.
2: Thank you, Annie.
6: Um, yeah, so I'm just very excited for the season to start because our boys need to redeem themselves, but um, yeah, great turnout on on Saturday um, unfortunately, I didn't get to get into the the new center because the lineup was just ridiculous, so um, lots of people obviously wanting to see it so um, yeah, I just can't wait for the season and I'll be there Friday night to to watch
2: my boys. Yep, should be good. Uh, all, all things are pointing to Port Adelaide having another sort of successful season, when I say successful, a winning season, winning um, more games than losing. Annie, how did you go in the um, the vote on the board? Did you have a, a selection? Did you back a winner? Um, I passed my vote, but I'm
6: obviously not going to mm-hmm. um, reveal who well, I voted that's for. That's fine. But mm. um, both, Both of the guys are um, absolute port legends Mm -hmm. and congratulations for Treaders. And I guess time will tell.
1: Annie, there's a a lot of expectation on the football club going into 2024. We know that you will be there front and centre through the good times and the challenging times. So we appreciate you calling in this morning.
6: No worries and go the power.
1: That's great to hear, Annie, (laughs) again. Um, Bix, you know, with this internal trial... Um, I have been asked by Daniel Norton, who mm. is the media manager.
2: What's he um, asked you to do? You're not umpiring, are you?
1: Daniel Norton is <laughs> just a media superstar who had to <laughs> basically facilitate the AGM on Friday. Yeah. And he came up to me. He listens to the show. He might be listening now. He goes for a run and he has a listen. And he said, Walshy, did you want to... Commentate the uh, internal trial I with that me. Was where it was going, so I might well, be making an appearance again, which well, is strange because I really struggled with it last year. Well,
2: Nortz is uh, not um, that sort of immune to commentary. Nortz is
1: outstanding; it's, it's no no issue and with Norts.
2: Done it in a past life, and, this, this uh, is me.
1: This is the, the, I'm going to be well, really I'm bad. I'm
2: surprised. I'm I'm surprised you haven't turned your hand to this earlier. Did no, you, what?
1: Just I'm not good at it. You've
2: grown up. Listening and yes. being immersed in sports and footy and all the and and all the other sports you've taken to it like a duck to water.
1: Last year, instead of saying he kicked it on the left boot, I tried to say he kicked it on the left foot, and I ended up saying he kicked it on the left fruit.
2: Ah yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the pair. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a starting point. Yeah, well, you know, like, is that, I mean, yeah, Bruce McAvaney started calling the you know the trotting trials in Port Pirie. You know, and worked his way up and and out in the sticks. So there's hope for you yet. You're, You're a young man, commentators have a long life. 6.38, it
1: took you 38 minutes to patronise me, so it's great. (laughs) Um, Well, we're going to talk about Super Bowl in a moment because I think they will fall under our move of the week alongside GoBox, the easy way to move and store. Um, Before we talk about that, let me ask you about internal trials, Bix, because they are a little bit different this year in Adelaide. Both teams will get to have a look at the Dockers and they'll get to have a look at the West Coast Eagles in the next few weeks, but you have this internal trials first.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. how seriously do you take them uh, for, from a Port Adelaide point of view? Um, I think all eyes will be on Jordan Sweet mm. and Ivan Soldo just yep. to see what that looks like. And when you get into the, the probables and the possibles and all that kind of stuff, Ollie Wines, it's been documented that he's gone straight back into the midfield, mm. which is fantastic. Um, but for players, do you have some sort of self-preservation?
2: Well, I think it it serves a purpose for a, for a whole range of different people. So the young players, let's think about um, the the blokes who have just been drafted. You know, there's an opportunity for them to. They've got to capture the attention or the uh, the eye of, of the coaching staff and say, <clears throat> I'm capable of playing on. You know, AFL players, so they're most likely in the in the possibles, and they get a chance to play on a good player who's in the the probables, and they show them what they can do. So they're they're going pretty hard, and and then you've got um, you know, say a Taylor Walker or a uh, even a Connor Rosie who's been around and who's got team security. Mm. They're looking to sort of fine-tune stuff, but they're not busting their boiler and they're not sort of putting themselves, you know, risking life and limb, you know, backing back into packs. So not, that's not happening. And, and that's the instruction from the coaches as well. But then there's the other parts of it. Like you mentioned Wines back to the midfield. That's not so much a surprise. But Tom Cleary, for example, playing on a wing and there's been... A whole range of players at Port Adelaide that have sort of been mentioned about who's going to play in that area. So, an opportunity to look at players in different positions, and then you get then it goes one step up when you play against you know opposition. So, the West Coast Eagles or Frio the week after, then it's you know a trimmed down squad might be from 25 to 30, who knows, uh, but but then it is really. I have to play well, I'm I'm trying to fine-tune, I'm trying to be in really good form before we start the real stuff. So that's when you'll see it go up a, a notch. And then when the season starts, it goes up a notch again.
1: So we've got this list in front of us, which is the um, injury lists from both clubs. Port Adelaide are pretty fresh at the moment. It was interesting. Having a chat to uh, Asava Radagalia on Saturday, he said that there was a, a couple of players that had a few niggles that they wanted to kind of freshen up and make sure they're okay going into round one Um Charlie Dixon, the the seriousness of his injury is kind of unknown, and Mitch Georgiatis returning from that knee injury. If you have a look at Westlake's for the Adelaide Crows, um, they've got a, a pretty hefty injury list. Rory Sloan, which we can we can talk about that a bit later. Um, Jordan Butts, hamstring. Daniel Curtin, who Rory led actually spoke to Kimbo on the route yesterday about Dan Curtin.
5: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, he's mm. had a, a few niggles with his knee, but he's. Uh, I spoke to him today actually just in time for you boys just to get the uh the inside word for what you mean? but um he's he's <laughs> he's uh back into full training I should say and um yeah looking to actually sort of play this week and he's obviously had a bit of an interruption but uh you can just sort of see the the natural football instincts and, and the way he moves for a big sell pretty impressive. It's kind of like Riley Kilthorpe. He, he yep. can move around well. He sort of steps around blokes, quick on his feet, um, and a really good size too. So, uh, so he's pretty switched on too. I reckon he understands sort of what it takes, and um, yeah, he's pretty exciting.
1: So there's a chance that he'll play round one if he's fit, but do you take mm-hmm. risks on players like Daniel Curtin so early in their career?
2: Oh, look, I... They're not risking anything and, you know, a, a jarred knee is just something he's probably fallen on it or, or, like I say, as it says, jarred it, but it's they would have checked it out straight away. So as long as there's no sort of ligament damage or any of those types of things or meniscus sort of issues, he's back out and training, so he's just got to manage that. And that's not such a bad thing. A first-year player, you come in, the training load is, you know, it's double or triple what you've been used to. So they generally manage them a little bit anyway and make sure they're not doing too much. I think the ones for Adelaide, uh, unfortunately, the hamstring injuries are the ones that mm. are an issue. Um, so let's start with Wayne Miller. He's had a hamstring injury prior to Christmas, come back and done it again. Now, so this, I, I, the, the rule of thumb is something like when you do a hamstring injury, you're 50% more likely to injure it again within you know, the next three or four months. So he's had the hamstring injury, so you're a higher likelihood. You've then injured it again that now goes up again you are there he's got this sort of the next 6 months there's a really high likelihood that he's going to injure that again so they've really got to be really diligent with the, you know they'll extend out his rehab time again sort of this time and then they have to be, they'll really be careful of him in the next couple of months and jordan butts is the same so now jordan butts has done a hamstring and it looked like a serious one i saw the vision of it he really pulled up short now knowing that that Wayne, it's a high
1: hamstring, is it, close to his
2: butts? <laughs> I'm not sure. But it was it really stopped him in his tracks. But the fact that Wayne Miller has now had a recurrence, they're gonna be doubly sort of cautious on Jordan butts because they don't need him to have a recurrence either. And so he just feel like those two guys are now gonna be sort of putting cotton wool for for a little while and make sure, you know, there's just that little bit of pressure to make sure they don't keep re-injuring it. So Butts is an interesting one because he's a tall defender and Adelaide are a bit sort of light on in that department. So Curtin that 197, you know, there might be an opportunity that he comes in and he plays, you know, on that second big tool and someone like Keane will get the the first big tool uh, because, you know, Murray's still coming back from that knee reconstruction.
1: So I know what I'm looking for when I go to Alberton, for the internal trial. It's pretty clear, I think, what the Port supporters are looking for. Is it as clear-cut for what the Adelaide supporters are looking for in positional kind of moves, or is it just what you are looking for may not be so obvious because it's a natural kind of growth? Uh,
2: Look, I I think there's some really obvious ones. You know, Elliot Himmelberg's playing in defence. He's another, you know, as I said, they're lacking tall key defenders, so he's going to look there after probably, I reckon, six or seven years as a key forward. How much ruck does Thilthorpe do? That's going to be a big question mark. I reckon for me, I'd like to see him start to take a little bit more of that load so he can get more ball up around the ground and get himself into the game. Uh, Interested to see what the midfield mix looks like. There's, you know, Peddler, I think, took some giant strides Mm. forward last year. He has to be in the midfield. They've mentioned Rochelle. We saw him at centre bounce. They've talked about uh, Isaac Rankin being in there. But how do you manufacture that when you've got Dawson and you've got Laird and you've got Matt Crouch you know who are the three genuine guys and Sloan for that matter who most likely is going to play a bit more wing so I think there's going to be some interest in how they manage that sort of midfield rotation for me and also looking at what the defensive setup looks like and whether it is Curtin playing on a, a key tall or whether they're trying to allow Curtin to come in and perhaps be the replacement for Tom Duday, who's a bit more of that third-tall intercepting player.
1: What are you looking for, Crows and Port fans? You can text it in 0427 154 166. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We're talking Super Bowl next.
0: Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Big brands, better by sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. Nine minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning
1: to you. Welcome back. We are back for 2024. We're here thanks to tyre power. You can save big time on Falcon all-terrain tyres. We are powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land Pride attachments. Our text line at 166 bix We have a text from Source. Um, source is back. He sent us a video already this morning showing us his new shoes, which we love, and he sent it a text message.
2: He says, uh, morning fellas, well, we're well, good to have you back on air. Wishing you lads all the best for 2024. Really love what you guys do. Hey, got a burning question for you. What is an orange called? Well, why is an orange called an orange but a lemon isn't called a yellow? Yeah, it's a good question.
1: These are burning questions that we have to get to the bottom of, and mm. it's it really sets the tone for twenty twenty four. By well, in, the way, yes,
2: my lemon tree is firing off all cylinders. Really? Yeah. How about yours?
1: Uh, it was deceased last year, so it thanks for bringing it up. Do you know what I did notice though, Bix? What? I've got a fig tree at home. A fig. Yeah. And there's these rainbow lorikeets that fly into mm-hmm. it and eat them all.
2: And then in, do they poo on your car?
1: Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, you know what we've had at our house over the past couple of nights? Bats. Oh, no. Bats in our tree. It's unreal. I love it. You Really? Yeah, because I don't eat the figs. I just but throw them at the neighbours and stuff. They, but here.
2: don't the bats sort of harbour disease? You don't want to get scratched or bitten or... Oh, really? Mm. Oh. A bit nasty. There is a, there's a lot of bats. I went to a wedding in the Botanic uh, Gardens uh, yeah. or, the, or the National Wine Center and there were bats everywhere. And so, yeah, it might become an issue for you. I'd be sort of maybe getting out there and scaring them.
1: So Batman was full of diseases. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> maybe. maybe. Mm.
2: That's, where it, that's where it came from, perhaps.
1: Our Tuesday wash-up is thanks to Paramount Browns. Yesterday was a big day for Kansas City.
0: My home's takes the snap, runs out right, throws, Hartman takes the cash, and the winning touchdown is scored. The legend of Patrick Mahomes grows, an overtime win, as the Chiefs kingdom becomes a dynasty,
1: and Patrick Mahomes heads off on his lap of honour, helmet raised,
5: the great one, with the great deed, a third championship. One in the final moments
0: of overtime.
1: Jared Whateley doing an outstanding mm. job yesterday. Uh, no matter the sport, he's just world class. And it was funny because yesterday we had a little bit of a Zoom catch-up to talk about this year with our, yep. our big boss who I didn't realise who was going to jump on the Zoom call. I was lying on the couch <laughs> watching the Super Bowl. Um, and it was uh, it was very nice to see uh, just the people get around the event Mm-hmm. in Las Vegas but it was a very good finish picks in a very unique kind of overtime which has it just changed over the past couple of yeah, years yeah
2: well, look the discussion was always you know overtime you toss the coin to see who starts with possession and yeah. often the toss of the coin if you won it it was like you almost gave you a huge chance of winning the game so they, many people thought it was unfair so they've changed it slightly so both teams a guaranteed a possession, I'm led to believe. Is that correct? Is yes. That how you saw it? Correct.
1: Yeah. They, they have to have a possession yep. each. And then it, it came down to the final couple of seconds. It's so strange. The whole build-up to Super Bowl, unfortunately for NFL purists, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you about this when we get to On The Mark. But unfortunately for NFL purists, um, they got frustrated and annoyed that Taylor Swift was on the broadcast mm-hmm. every time that Travis Kelsey was mentioned or – Anything that happened to the Chiefs, they cut to Taylor Swift's boxing.
2: I I had a bet that the Chiefs would win. Usher to wear a hat, in, start off wearing a hat, and more than 7.5 Taylor Swift uh, cutaways. And unfortunately, Usher didn't wear the hat.
1: What did you think about Usher. (laughs)
2: Right. It's not really in my wheelhouse. I preferred, you know, Tom Petty and.
1: Some, I would have thought some, so, yeah. Because there was a moment where Usher came out on roller skates and people were saying it was like Xanadu. So <laughs> I'm more of an Usher. You're more of a Xanadu guy, I no, reckon.
2: No, no, not quite Xanadu. But I like when they go the classics, you know, like they have some sort of older talent that come and play their back catalogue. That goes, is a classic. Oh, no, well, along the same, Usher's not quite in my wheelhouse. And then he ripped his kid off. Like What a rig. Yeah, big fella. But. Do you really need to like?
1: Yeah, it's Usher. <laughs> he was outstanding, and like Ludacris was there, and Little John. What do you thought to Little John? <laughs> you prefer Big John.
2: I prefer Robin Hood <laughs> or Fry Tack. <laughs> <Duck. laughs> Different era, isn't it? <laughs>
1: uh, the, the questions that are being asked uh, about Patrick Mahomes, who was outstanding. Um, the MVP, as you mentioned, it always goes to the quarterback, doesn't Learning it? Winning quarterback,
2: generally, yeah, like as a rule. But the, the thing about Patrick Mahomes, which has been great for me, is I watched that quarterback series, which sort of chronicled the four quarterbacks. I'm a little bit late to the party, but you just got to know him a little bit more. And he's, and he's he doesn't have a whole lot of airs and graces. He works really hard. He's, he's quite humble. I know what you see sometimes out on the, uh, on the pitch or the field or the whatever you want to call it. Is you know he. He can be outward, but, like, yeah, his family life's pretty simple. Um, you know, he's, he's mega rich and he's got lots of added extras, but um, he does work really hard on his craft, on his body, on his agility, on his uh, looking after himself to make sure he doesn't get injured because they do cop a fair bit, uh, the quarterbacks.
1: Wasn't a good day for the 49ers that uh, looked like they had a lead that was going to get them the Super Bowl. Their quarterback, Brock Purdy a uh, great young quarterback. His annual salary is $934,000. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' annual salary is $45 million. Mm-hmm. The other big talking point yesterday, and I'll get you to, to have a look online a little bit later on, is that Brock Purdy looks very similar to Lee Harvey Oswald. And he was asked about that in the <laughs> press conference leading up to it. Like, What a bizarre thing to, to have a likeness of.
2: So Lee Harvey Oswald, Mm. he was the uh, person who was convicted yes, and then assassinated himself, wasn't he? Uh,
1: Yes. And this is the other thing I took away from it. And I wanted to introduce this kind of segment into SENSA Breakfast in uh, 2024 as part of the Tuesday Wash-Up, thanks to Paramount Browns. If it's okay with you, Mark Bickley, because we both like quirky things and... I think we should probably showcase them a little bit more in 2024. Okay. So I would like to introduce this.
0: I'm a stat
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> I like statistics. So um, this little segment is called
0: I'm a stat
1: I'm a stat man. And leading up to the Super Bowl yesterday, for example, here's one of the stats I had for you. Yeah. Um, this is not Super Bowl related, but just to show you why I want to be the stat man. Okay. Um, David Warner has now become the third player to play 100 games of every format alongside Ross Taylor and um, Vera Coley. So David Warner, in his 100th test, was player of the match. In his 100th One Day International was player of the match. In his 100th T20 was player of the match. Not bad, right? Mm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So yesterday, once the conclusion of Super Bowl had occurred, so the Chiefs win by three. Mm-hmm. Allegiant Stadium, the address is 3333 three, 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 Al Davis Way.
2: 3333. Three, three, three. Yeah, it must be a long road.
1: Patrick Mahomes, his <laughs> passing yards yesterday?
0: 333! 300, <laughs>
2: <I'm laughs> it's not bad. Not bad. I had a couple of footy ones. Which okay, was, go for I it. I was going
0: to say. All but, right.
2: But anyway, the last couple of years. Someone from the bottom four has jumped up into the top eight. So the bottom four last year yep. was West Coast, mm. North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Gold Coast. Yep. Can one of those jump up into the top eight? Suns. You think?
1: Are you saying that's a stat?
2: That's, well, I'm just saying a stat. Someone from the bottom four yeah. makes it into the eight. And then there's another stat <laughs> yeah. that's pretty strong over the last couple of years that says someone from outside the eight jumps into the top four. Like Port Adelaide did last year. So who from outside of the eight may jump up into the top four? Oh,
1: see, I mean, welcome to the party.
0: I'm the stat We're back.
2: And now my other all-time. Oh, okay, sorry. Yep, go. got one yep. all-time okay. favourite. All right, go on. And that is that nine out of ten stats are made up on the spot.
0: I'm the stat <laughs>
2: it's got
1: legs it's got legs and we're going to use this all year uh we are here at studio lumo powered by lumo energy sa and a big thanks to Kubota. take on any job with Kubota's mowers tractors and land pride attachments next oh my goodness it's actually happening really early in 2024 and mark bickley we've already got elephants in the room we'll do it straight after this good morning Four minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Our number, if you want to call us, 1300 736 736. Thanks to Tyre Power Save. Big time on Falcon All Terrain Tyres. Josh, we've got your text message. We can't read it out. 0427 154 166. But Bix, you had a look at the comparisons of Brock Purdy and Lee Harvey Oswald. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, look, I can see where people are coming from, but it's not exactly identical twins. But it's close. He it's, was, it's he a, was. Um, thankfully for Brock Purdy, he wasn't around back in the 60s. <laughs> <What a game. laughs> That's very true. <laughs> M- mistaken identity. All right, let's do this.
0: <laughs> elephant in the Room on SENSA Breakfast. It's a stampede, but it feels like an elephant.
1: So, Biggs, it's been a, a long summer for us both. Yes. There's been a, a lot of elephants in the room. Did you put much weight on over summer? I'm not saying that as a, like, a stab. Uh, I'm not throwing you under the bus.
2: No, not a whole lot. It
1: was challenging. Oh. Summer was really challenging what, for me. Did,
2: did you put on some weight?
1: Yeah, out of a fair off-season.
2: Yeah, but you're you fairly active. You're talking about your Strava. You've got a new Apple Watch. You're... You know, you're telling me about your splits. You know what, I your, got over... a your 5K time trial and I'm just... I got COVID for my
1: birthday and that was not an enjoyable experience. Mm. There's some real bad stuff going around at the moment and it just ruins everything. So then you can't do any kind of exercise and mm. it gives me more opportunity to sit on the couch and watch sport. But still, no sympathy? There was a fair bit on...
2: Sport wise, when you know you get the new year and you've got cricket, you've got tennis, you've got mm. big bash, A League, it's, it's all happening. Yeah,
1: so we've got a couple of elephants in the room that we need to address. Um, I'm going to throw it over to you.
2: Okay, the elephant in the room, you okay? Yeah, well, I want to talk, <laughs> I want to start with the A League because you are much better versed than what I am. Yep, is the A League, or well, I'm going to say, the A League is now and people are recognising it, that it is a development league where young players are developed and then sold off to big overseas organisations. And that is how clubs are going to be successful, but how will they be measured in terms of the actual winning plates and cups and championships?
1: There's a bit of an identity crisis with the A-League at the moment. We've even seen over the past couple of days, changes that have been made to the A-Leagues in itself. This huge investment from Silver Lake overseas and this big platform called Keep Up. Lots of people lost their jobs over summer um, that were involved in the A-Leagues that were working in the the front offices. Um, There's there's this understanding, I think, in Australian football that the clubs are designed to win trophies and that's it. Mm. But it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable business and unless you are Premier League side or you're in La Liga, every other league around the world is essentially designed to develop and sell players and make money as a business. Mm. For Adelaide United over summer, and they're struggling at the moment, they were up 3-2 against Perth Glory. so they were down 3-2 and got that goal in the end, but they were up 2-0 against Perth Glory and then got a point out of them. They got pumped by Central Coast at home the issues that they have had is catch 22 because you develop someone like Joe Gauchi that gets a record transfer fee over to Aston Villa. Nestori Irinkunda was the record prior to Joe gauchi's record. He goes to Bayern Munich. Um, Craig, Alexander Popovich goes. Craig Goodwin. Craig Goodwin goes. Um, Bernardo ends up going over to MacArthur. And the the expectation is you are going to get a like-for-like like replacement as is like a trade in the AFL. Mm. I think there's this um, confusion about what our teams are designed to do and the good teams will end up getting success in silverware and championships but also have that model of being able to mm. build players. But
2: it's, it's a it's a delicate balancing act. You're going to have to have experienced players yeah. maybe coming down the other side or the ones that haven't quite got there but are going to be great players in this league at this level and then you have to necess- or facilitate, necessitate all the opportunities for the young players yeah. like we've seen at Adelaide. In terms of – let's use Adelaide United as an example. like the, the the four players we just mentioned, that would suggest that they've had an exceptional year financially. As
1: a business, financially, it's been world class.
2: But that doesn't help the man in the outer at, no. at Highmarsh no. or Coopers uh, going along and watching his team sort of –
1: and, and see goals, and that's where you need to find that middle ground of going. Okay, so how are we going to invest in more players, or where's that money going? A lot of the fans, and we'll get we'll get Nathan Cosmina on later on this week to talk about that. Like, it's where a tough one, isn't it? where's the money going? Um, because people want to see a like for like, and yes, it's great that we we bring back um, Stephen Mork and Yaya Diouf, who are former players.
2: Mm.
1: Are they having the same impact? Will they have the same impact? We just don't know. Yeah. But if there is an expectation that our team is going to stay the same and the squad will stay the same throughout the season, then the business isn't doing the right job for the business. Mm. So it's it's a hard period for Adelaide United at the moment because the kids playing are really young. And yep. it, it's, they look young, they look tired, um, and the challenge is there for Calviatt.
2: Well, and, and also with Calviatt mentioning after the game – you know, when he was asked about uh, Nestori Irunkundur, just questioning whether maybe the pressure had got to him. He hadn't had the same output more recently than what we'd come to expect in in recent times. So, you know, that's disappointing as well, you know, if you feel like maybe their mind is elsewhere. And it'd be hard as a young man not to be thinking about Bayern Munich and what that looks like and all the things that maybe come with that uh, when you have that sort of sort of lead-in period, which we've seen, and he hasn't quite recaptured the heights that we saw earlier.
1: No, Josh, on the text line 0427154166, it says, unless you're the top league in the world, isn't every other league essentially a feeder for that top level? Look at the NBL, and he's right. So you've, you've got to be able to develop players and make money as a business. We have seen, and we should be so grateful, that Adelaide United has only had... a a small bit of turmoil when it comes to are we going to keep the doors open? There are so many clubs that fold. Mm. So you need a sustainable business on and off the pitch. Uh, Let me ask you about Port Adelaide and your thoughts on Warren Treadray and Bruce Abernathy. Got to, I think, 200 votes separating them. it's remarkable, wasn't it? What does this mean from your perspective in regards to what's going to happen with Port Adelaide?
2: When I look at the, uh, you know, the whole, people people said, some Port Adelaide supporters said, Oh, this is unedifying, you know, there's two great legends and one of them's going to miss out. Like, for me, I was a little bit the opposite. I thought this is like you've got a ticket where you can't lose. Like, I think both would be excellent board members. And so, in the end, it's going to be Warren Treadrow who gets the opportunity. But if it was Bruce Abernathy, I don't think they would have lost anything because I think there is a slight misconception that um, let's say if you're a, a Warren Treadrow fan, I've seen a few people say, oh, good on you, Treaders. Get in there and shake it up a bit. I, I'm just not sure you're going to see that. I'm not sure that one person on a 10-man board can shake it up. I just, I'm just, i just not convinced that that's how um, it's going to be uh, or how you want it to be. You want it to be there to be discussion and that, but, but very rarely do, is one person shaking it up. And the other thing around, uh, you know, some people who aren't huge Ken Hankley fans and they perhaps see Warren Treadray as the man that's going to, uh, you know, look at what, you know, maybe put more pressure on Ken. It's a similar argument. The, the decision whether to extend Ken or to not extend Ken wasn't... It was ratified by the board, but it was actually made by a football subcommittee that put a recommendation to the board, which had people like... Um, Uh, Cos Cardone, former board member, Dominic Cassisi uh, and others. So, uh, yes, I'm sure that the football director, if that's what Warren's going to be, would be involved in some of that discussion, but still it will come from a recommendation from another committee that that will most likely be ratified by the board whichever way. And even if one person put up their hand and say, I don't agree with that, it'll still be a consensus vote.
1: Uh, One word answer, please. Yes or no. Do you think the club would be happy that... uh Treaders is now part of the inner sanctum. So publicly he can't say some of the things that he may have said last year.
2: Uh, I I think it's, it's going to be harder for Warren uh, with the club. I don't think the club are all that worried by it. There's other commentators that'll be out there that'll say stuff. So I, no, I don't think the club. It bothers the club that much.
1: Thirteen minutes past seven. Our number is one three six seven three six. We're going to chat to John in Port Augusta. Straight after this, we're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA.
0: Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, big brands, better buy sale on now. Twenty five percent off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. 18 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Going for a top of 27
1: degrees today. Hot one yesterday, Bix. Ready for the cold weather to start. Really? means footy season. You don't
2: mind the warmer weather? No, what I don't, don't, I, don't, like, I, don't I don't want
1: it. No, see you later. Get in the bin. It's been too warm.
2: Really? I thought we've had a pretty mild summer, to be honest. Like yesterday and one other day late last year, and that's about it, really. Mm. We'll go to our next guest. Johnny's in Port Augusta. Some warm weather up there, generally. Johnny, good Good morning. <laughs>
4: You've been a perry boy, you know what Warburton was all about, Mick. You yeah. and I were both of a clue. Jared wouldn't know, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what have you got to talk about this morning, John? Yeah, Russell Limit versus Mark Rashido. Who was the better player? I know, because we, we, I'm a similar age you, so I'm 11 months older than you. Yeah. Um, so we, we go up, no doubt you heard the, the usual names. They talk about, from South Australia anyway, and you debate the order. Robert and even, White, like, the good players like a Bagshaw, or a Davies or going back, I believe your old man was a big Lindsay Head fan going back a little bit earlier. Yes. And, and so on. But he's um, a good footy judge, Max, Mark's eh? Max? Great footy judge. But, um, yeah, um, and these blokes. But um, Robert and Ian White were the three names to grew up with. But Mark Lachuto, along with Anna McLeod in the AFL era, which is even a bit more professional again, a step up again would be arguably as good as Travis Rose put out from ninety one onwards, thereabout. know yeah, oh, oh, when, uh, yeah.
2: when, when I look at uh, those two players, I, I just feel like I don't know, Russell stood apart in his era. He was I think he everyone sort of had him, you know, like after Barry Robin finished, everyone had Russell as super professional, just did whatever he needed to do to get it right. He he could play most positions on the ground. He was just super at everything. I think Mark Rasciuto was this absolute superstar. Um, but was probably in a mix of the Nathan Buckley and, you know, and and probably five or six others that were the great players of that era. So I think Russell for mine and he and he I think he has a mystique and a, mm. you know, an air about him. And he was I don't know. And I think, you know, if you spoke to Rue, Rue idolised Russell as well, and and um, would probably be happy to sort of defer to him, so I'm probably leaning towards Russell.
1: Thank you, Johnny. Please call back anytime. one 736 736 Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Uh, we'll be talking to Ryan Harris very soon about uh, the Australian cricket team. The Aussies are taking on the West Indies tonight uh, in WA to wrap up their summer, basically. And they go to New Zealand to play some more T20s and then a couple of test matches. And then it's just nonstop cricket. These T20s are the last ones before the World Cup, which is in the States and the Caribbean. In the middle of the year, uh, we also have On The Mark, not too far away, it's SENSA.
0: Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. 27 minutes past 7. 27 degrees today, Mark Bickley. A
1: text coming in 0427 154 166. This is from Shane from North Haven, who at this point is the text. Of the day.
2: Do you want to read it out? <laughs> yeah, it says, Welcome back, boys. Agree 100% with Walshie. Bring on the cold weather. Come on, Shane. North Haven. It's beautiful down there. Beautiful. The sun's shining there. 27 degrees. Hey, I want to change topic slightly. Um, Port Adelaide had their. Fan Day, they also launched the MG High Performance Centre. You were down there. Did that go uh, well?
1: No, it was really good. What I liked about it, I think over the past couple of years, there's been a real shift uh, for sporting organisations reconnecting to the fans. Yes. So I think a lot of the times prior to COVID, you would have a season launch where you'd have the big formal occasion Mm -hmm. where everyone's presented with their Guernseys in suits and stuff. 7.30 7.30 Saturday night in front of the MG High Performance Centre, junior members presented the players with their Guernseys. Excellent. Loved it. It was fantastic. Really feel good. All the merchandise was being sold. It was fantastic. you very, I mean, it was a very pointed question. Why do you ask?
2: Well, because the Brisbane Broncos in the, uh, the NRL, they had a family fan day. And it didn't quite go to plan because two of their best players end up punching on late at night. So um, that's not ideal, is it? We
1: did see that. This is the CEO responding to it. Uh,
2: The players are aware of the professionalism, the professional standards that we expect. Uh, Clearly, that wasn't upheld in this instance. Look, this is certainly no doubt a a step back. Um, But, uh, you know, the intent here is that we we learn from it. We understand what what took place. We support our, uh, our group to take uh, increased strides in uh, in getting better on and off the field. Mm. Mm. That was uh, Broncos CEO Dave Donaghy. That was after two players, the Broncos skipper Adam Reynolds and his vice-captain Pat Carrigan had a punch on.
1: The only chance of violence at Alberton on Saturday night was when a poor individual had to get on the microphone and say at 6.40, we are concluding the signing session when there was a lineup of people. And who was that individual who had to get on the microphone and do yeah, that? Good
2: on you, Jared. Oh, I was just everybody's <laughs>
1: favourite person at that point when they said, oh, really? So you're ending it? Like, yep. Sorry, guys. Um, we can talk to Matt Richardson about the wonderful event Saturday was um, after 8 o'clock. But next, we're going to turn our attention to cricket. Mixed results for our teams over the summer. Ryan Harris from the Redbacks and the Strikers will tell us more. Before that, here's the news. At half past seven, we are back for
4: 2024.
0: Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Big brands better buy sale on now. 25% off selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires.
1: 27 to 8, good morning to you. We are back for show number one for 2024. We are in studio, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Our nominations for the good stuff very soon. You can get to the good stuff. 13, 27, 27. Bix, the summer of cricket, it almost comes to a close today. um, We are all over the coverage of the third dead old T20 international between Australia and the West Indies. It's at Perth Stadium tonight. Hopefully uh, a good crowd. Rocks up. I mean, it was funny over the summer because we saw their mayor, Basil Zempelis, who's had an interesting past couple of <laughs> <Yeah>. months, <laughs> have a crack at all the other venues apart from Western Australia when um, in Adelaide on day three of the test match, we had more people there for a two-hour session than um, WA had in mm. day one.
2: Yes, it was uh, it was rather interesting. But he's, a, he's an advocate for his city, isn't he, Basil? He's, a, he's generally a pretty good bloke, but he uh, can be a little bit... Um, i'm trying to think of the right word he's uh
1: bit on the nose
2: <laughs> okay let's get to our next guest anyway okay. i'm gonna move on from that uh ryan harris is uh, uh a key player and one of the coaches that the uh the redbacks as well as the strikers and we want to talk to him and uh, have a chat about the summer of cricket ryan welcome to the show g'day boys and welcome back thank you very much hey um let's sum up the the summer of cricket we had the uh, Pakistan series first, and I thought they were reasonably uh, determined and dogged, and I thought they put on a reasonable uh, effort. And then, then we had the West Indies. Australia got over both and won both series, but how did you see it?
7: Uh, yeah, look, it was probably um, well, sorry off the top of my head, It's probably a, a better series than I, th- than I think everyone probably expected. I think although, um, you know, Pakistan you know, lost 3-0, um, I think if, if they could have played <clears throat> I mean, if they could have played catch and caught all their catches, mm. it might have been a, a lot closer uh, um, test match, test series. So well, I think they dropped 15 or 16 catches during, or roughly around, around that, during that series. I mean, you know, we know that if they take those catches and they put Australia under pressure, they, they'd probably come a lot closer. If not, uh, potentially win um, a test match or two there. And, and I mean, we saw what the West Indies did. The West Indies had, well, everyone, including, uh, including yours, truly gave them absolutely no chance of competing. Um, and, and we probably saw that in Adelaide, where the game was over really quickly, and uh, Australia were very dominant. And then they go to Brisbane and do what they did, and off the back of um, unearthing a new, probably a new hero, new cricket, Test cricketing hero in Shamar Joseph. So, it, it you know, it's been a, I guess it's a it's a good summer in a way of um, results. Although that that probably was a bit of a blow because obviously the World Test Championship points are very important. So losing losing a Test match at home and, and at the Gabba especially, and I guess to the West Indies. Uh, being uh, sort of being I guess undermanned. Um that was sort of a bit of a shock. But I mean, you look at results, they've come out on top, they've 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 been pretty dominant against West Indies in T twenty T twenty in the T twenty um competition and also you now leading into a World Cup. Um that that's obviously showing some really good signs.
1: Rhino, can you give us a bit of insight into the last day at the Gabba? Because it's still fresh in our minds. I was there watching this live, and to see the wickets fall for the Australians, um, the the conditions were they were very unusual because from all weather reports, it was going to rain on the day that the West Indies won, and then it was going to rain the following day. And from from a fan's point of view, it looks like the Australians were in a, in a bit of a hurry to wrap it up, but it kind of worked against them, and that was... That was almost defined by Steve Smith playing a ramp shot when they still needed about fifteen <laughs> runs to get. From a player's yeah. point of view, do you go in thinking we just need to make runs quickly and wrap this up, or doesn't it cross your mind?
7: Oh, I think it does cross your mind. Just as you say that, you know, we're we probably and you know we're, we're guilty of, of you know looking at the weather probably a little bit too much and and, and thinking what if uh, this comes or what if that doesn't come. Um, and, and I'm sure they would have been you know, looking at that. I think at that, around that time, there was almost a cyclone up north and, and yeah. pushing down down south. So there's no doubt that they were probably looking at that, but it, it can catch you out at times. you know. We, this year, especially with South Australia, we've had some situations like that. Should we bowl first because of the weather? And in the end, you, 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 you're taking a risk because it doesn't suit your game style or your, or your plan or your strategy, it can actually come back to bite you in the bum. So look, I don't know if that was the case up there. It may have been. Um, I, I just think I, I just think that Shamar Joseph was unbelievable. He, he the way he ran in, you know, he went from not probably potentially bowling or having a broken toe to, mm. to, to not bowling to, to coming out and taking sixer and winning a Test match for his country. So I, I think it might have been a little bit of that, Jarrett, but also think that he actually was too good. He, he bowled some unbelievable balls. He kept pressure on. He bowled fast. Uh, Alzari <clears throat> Joseph and. Um, I think it was Greaves at the other end We're doing a job of building pressure and weren't allowing the Australians to get away. So... Yeah, look, it might have been a little bit of, we're trying to get it done quick, but um, I don't think the West Indies attack allowed that to happen, and and we're too
1: good. Such a bizarre day for international cricket on that day too, because it was the first time that the West Indies had defeated Australia since 97 in Australia. It was uh, a long time between drinks that England had defeated India in India, and it was the first time South Africa had defeated Australia in any format of the women's, and the conversation that was off the back of that West Indies test was, it's all well and good, but we probably won't see Shamar Joseph play a test match in Australia again for the West Indies. How do we fix that though, Ryan? Because we see players mm. making themselves unavailable for selection. Um, does the ICC need to step in and go, well, we need to give you some more money to play cricket for the West Indies? Because the joy that they brought to Australia and to cricket, it was wonderful.
7: Yeah, I, I don't know how that how that happens. I, I, I think again, being, and I've heard so many people say this, being being Australian supporters, how good it was that that happened. Now I don't like, absolutely on the outside. There's a player and ex-player. I don't like. We don't like losing test matches in yeah. Australia, but for cricket, um, no doubt that that was that was that that was unbelievable. And and it's so good for cricket. West Indies cricket has obviously come out of the the amazing era that it had for such a long time um, <clears throat> to go into. Again, I, I'm not. I don't know the background of the politics, but there is a lot of politics over in the West Indies, and, and I don't know how they sort it out because it's been going on now for a long time, but they need to sort it out. We need West Indies cricket. Mm. We need other big nations as well around the around the world to, to be good at, you know, to be strong in test cricket. So, look, I, again, I don't know the bat ins and outs of it. I tried to get a little bit of it during the Strikers' BBL season with Carl Hooper. He just kept saying it's a mess, or right? I know it's a mess, and they need to fix it. Um, they need to get facilities uh, up to scratch That so they don't don't have as good a facility anymore as they've uh, potentially run out of money to keep to, to upkeep them so i i don't know how they do that i think the icc if they can need to step in but uh i'm not sure how that happens but we need that and, and we need them to be strong we've seen what they can still produce and this is a guy that you know lived on a remote island up until about two or three years ago and, he, and he's come out of that and, and he's a superstar in the test arena so um, we, we need and they need to keep them playing, you know, the red ball game as well. Obviously, it's easy for them. The, the pay, I don't think, is very good for West Indies cricket. So when they get an opportunity to go and play in, a, in an IPL or a, or a T20 series somewhere else, that gets them, you know, triple if not more on what their what their current wage is. You know, that's that's pretty hard to knock back as well.
2: Mm, for sure. Yeah. Um, the final uh, T20 match is being played in Perth. There's two players that have been added to the squad. One is Wes Agar, who you've seen pretty closely. Was that a surprise? Because it certainly took me by surprise. Oh, maybe a little bit of surprise.
7: He, yeah, he probably. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's obviously been around the setup a few years ago. Um, he he probably didn't have the BBL that mm. that he that he would have liked. He, you know, he he probably didn't bowl as well as he liked. And, and in the end, we we probably had to we had to leave him out. So, a little bit of surprised, but he's still he's still bowling very well. He's bowling great, really good in in red Bull cricket. He's, he's bowled although he hasn't played the last one day Um, for us, he's 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 bowling really well. So, and I think, um, you know, he the a the way i said at the moment you know there's obviously guys being rested and and, and george bailey and the selectors are, they're obviously you know trying to look at guys that are still potentially young enough that can that can come through and and wes as i said he's had he's had that experience before a couple of years ago so he's he's one of those guys that they're looking at and um he's definitely capable as i said he had a he didn't have a great BBL this year but he had he's had a really good couple of years, couple of years before so there's no doubt he can uh he can compete at that level and and it, Again, great great reward, I guess, for him. And he has he he didn't give up during that BBL. We just mm. didn't quite, you know, we, the, the makeup of the team that we had and that we won those um, games in a row. we, we we're sort of going a bit spin heavy, so there wasn't really a spot there for him. But it's still good to see some, uh, you know, reward for for the hard work he's been putting in.
2: And just finally, uh, you're part of the Redbacks setup. Mm. It hasn't quite gone the way you would have liked in terms of results, but. Geez, there's been some uh, improvement. You've been in every game. You're looking after the bowlers. They're doing their bit. Just haven't been able to quite get the runs you require to be able to be competitive.
7: Yeah, it's it's funny, you know. We, we sit here now and we, we've got our last one day tomorrow at Cairn Noble against Queensland. We haven't won a game, but we're averaging. <laughs> We're averaging, I think we saw it yesterday at 300 with the bat, and we haven't won a game, which when you think about that is mm. phenomenal. So you say the bowlers have done a good job in the red ball. They're not quite, <laughs> not quite being switched on in the white ball, unfortunately. It's, and that's and that's the fact. They haven't... Early games where we made, you know, 350 and 400, we, 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 you know, that's not good enough. And and we we nearly chased them down. We fell 20 runs short in, on both occasions. So um, the bowlers let us down there, I guess. And, yeah, the, look, the red ball game, yeah, it's the runs. And we'd like a few more runs here and there. But, um, I mean, look, I think ultimately, you sit there, we're, we're still, we're still a, a chance for a shield final, believe it or not. If we win three in a row, which we believe we can do, we, we've been so close, um, you know, we end up in a shield final, potentially. So, I think the big, the, the, the biggest thing for, for Jason, and obviously, I'm mean, going this year, is that the, the fight that they're showing, the boys mm. are showing now, they're getting close. You know, we, we've been in, as you say, just about probably, bar the Tasmania game, which is the first game of the season, We've been in just about every game. We've lost two or three by by two wickets or three wickets or, or 20, 25 runs. So um, it's just it's just getting to that big point in the game and, and, and nailing that big point and, and knowing when the game's on the line to you know to to, to step up and, and be the one to sort of take that take that session on or that hour on that that makes a difference in the game. Instead of having a thirty run deficit or forty run deficit, we could have a 100, 150 run lead, and then that, that's a the difference in the game. So lots of improvement. Although you know we're still not. Um, you know, so we're still not out of it. But uh, we had high expectations coming into this year. And, and if we don't get anywhere near that Shield final, then it's you know we look at probably back as a as another disappointing year. But we're, we're not there yet. So we're still fighting.
1: You're a ripper, Rhino. It's been a, a, a season, a summer of cricket, mixed results. I mean, shout out to the WBBL champions, back-to-back for the strikers. The men had a, a brilliant second half of the season. And uh, fingers crossed for the Redbacks and the Scorpions as well. We appreciate your time as always.
7: Great. Uh, thanks,
1: guys. Nice chat. Really good speaking to Ryan Harris there. Um, gives us a really good insight. And we are going to be uh, all over the final Old T20 International tonight on SENSA. Will send in a text on zero four two seven one five four one double six.
2: Yeah, I like it. He says, uh, a sterile and lifeless summer of cricket. Uh, maybe Dettol wasn't the best choice of sponsor. <laughs> he then followed up with, uh, "Is big sponsored by Dettol. There you go. There's a bit of a whack for me. Oh, thanks, Will.
1: I wouldn't say... Uh, Oh, no, nah, I'll stick with that. <laughs> it's all right. It's a quarter to eight on it. <laughs> it's the NSA. Ange says, welcome back, legends. Talking to you, obviously. Great to have you back. <laughs> He's a good man, Ange. And Lance of Paradise. Morning, boys, and welcome back. Uh, regarding your earlier topic, it's tough being a sports fan of South Australian teams with all comps being feeder paths to higher levels worldwide. Whilst it also happens with the sandful. We're lucky our best players move but remain in Australia. We can still be the best in the world like the Super Bowl. That's funny. World champs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Collingwood were world champs last year in the AFL.
2: <laughs> yeah, look, I think um, it's it's just tough. But I think we get a great deal of pride when we see people go and play in the NBA or Mitch... Which was, what was Mitch's name? The, the punter for San Francisco? Wachowski? Wischnowski?
1: Do you know? I'm just not saying it because it's going to make great audio for our Brecky Brown line.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had it before. But yeah. we love it um, when we see our young players uh, make it on the world stage and if it's uh, Joe Gauchy, Joe Gauchi, <laughs> I should say, if he can play in the Premier League, how good would that be? And we see Nestorio and Kunder, if he can play in uh, some of those huge leagues in Europe, that's awesome. So, yes, it's disappointing, but it also does sort of give us great pride. And, and it allows us to compete in the World Cup because those players go and they get experience in, in the big leagues. And they hopefully um, come back and represent us and we can really get behind them. I,
1: I spoke to Joe Gauchi on the phone last week. So we flew back from Qatar to basically collect his belongings and then go over to Aston Villa. It was such a strange phone call because I think it really hit him when we were chatting what was happening. Because um, I'm trying to, to tee up a chat that we can have with him. Yes. And I said, mate, I'm absolutely stoked for you. Keeping in mind, Joe Gauci wasn't recruited at Adelaide United as their first choice keeper. Right. That was James Delianov, mm. who is now the first choice keeper. So uh, if it wasn't for James getting injured sliding doors moments, yep. Joe may not be playing for the Socceroos or in the Premier League at this point mm. of his career.
2: So just on Joe Gauchi, help me out here. He goes to Aston Villa. Yes. What level will he be playing? If at you go Aston... to the
1: Aston Villa website right now, he is there as their third choice keeper. Third choice. So Emmy Martinez is the World Cup winning keeper from Argentina, who yep. is their number one. Mm-hmm. Their number two keeper is 36 years of age. Mm. So there's a chance that Joe will be sitting on the bench – in their Premier League matches. And this is where the conversation went. He said, look, I'm arriving Wednesday. we got a game. And then, yeah, on the, on the weekend, we're playing Manchester United. Mm. But this is where it struck him because he said, they're playing Manchester United. And I said, Joe, <laughs> no, no, no. We're playing Manchester United. And it's incredible. So I, I believe they have the intention of keeping him there and not loaning him out. And he can learn from... The, the best, best the, the best keeper in the world that mm. he played against Emmy Martinez he was part of the squad when the socceroos played against Argentina in that friendly earlier this year mm. and he got his top and he said that's so good I'm excited that I've got yeah. his shirt now he's training with him
2: he should rock up wearing the shirt that would be fun that
1: would be pretty cool that <laughs> would be pretty cool all right now i wanted to give you a nomination for this House, use the team that's affordable budget car and truck rental thirteen twenty seven twenty seven. This is the good stuff. I've got a contrasting good stuff today to start twenty twenty four for us. Um, the good stuff is cricket related. So throughout all of the test matches, the one day internationals, and the T twenty games, we would at all of the venues have this segment called Fan of the Day. So fan of the day means yeah. the person not only wins a game that we play on the big screen, yeah. whether it's a game called charades or categories mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. what happens next, yep. uh, they get the opportunity to meet one of the Australian players on the ground at the end of the game. Okay. Or stumps. And we had to be Poor really... they meet a stump? They <laughs> meet one of the stumps. You are meeting off stump. How are you? Um, they had... Uh, we had to be really specific in our language, though, so we couldn't say you'll have the opportunity to meet the Australian players at the end of the game. We had to say, you will have the opportunity to maybe meet one of the Australian players at the end of the game. Hmm. Very specific.
2: Maybe meet.
1: Maybe meet one of them. Hmm. It turns out that the player who was guaranteed to, from the middle of the pitch, walk straight to the players and then go straight to the fan was Nathan Lyon. Every game, without fail... Nathan Lyon was there meeting these fans and I was so happy that he did that. He has such a genuine care. And Mm. I overheard him saying, I used to be that kid and I'll never forget that. And I think Nathan Lyon's probably, you know, it's towards the back end of his career. So he's really embracing the moments. There's a handful of Australian players, including a couple of South Australian boys that went straight into the change rooms. And I didn't like that. Mm. I like seeing Nathan Lyon do that. So that's my nomination for the good stuff. On the flip side at Adelaide Oval, uh, there was a delay of the tea break. And I saw three former cricketers stand in the race of the, the visitors' race for the AFL, so where the, the teams walked yeah. down there, mm-hmm. that were waiting to go onto the ground, knowing that they had 20 minutes to stand there. One of them was Adam Gilchrist. The other one Gilly. was Michael Vaughan. Mm-hmm. The third one was Brian Lara. Gilchrist, one of the nicest people you could ever meet. Vaughan, plays for England. Doesn't matter either way. Um, I watched Brian Lara for 20 minutes, put his hand up and say no to people asking for an autograph. Really? Brian, doesn't take long. If you can't sign the autograph or you've got RSI or something, just walk under the race so people can't see you rejecting them. Mm. Because I looked not only at the disappointed faces of the kids, but also their parents who probably spent the past 10 minutes saying... This player is one of the greatest mm. players of all time. And he literally said no.
2: Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it?
1: Didn't like it. Mm. Doesn't take long. And if you're not going to do it, don't be visible to and actually he, reject people. He
2: openly talks about Adelaide being one of his favourite places in the world. He yep. named his daughter Adelaide. Said no. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? What's your nomination for the good stuff? I've got two as well. Okay. I'm going to start with a football one, which is Clayton Oliver. He's said to be impressing his teammates. He's back on the track. He's back training. Whatever you think about Clayton Oliver, nobody wants to see him be lost to football Mm -hmm. because um, I don't like where it might head if he is lost to football. Football is a structure and a support mechanism that I think is going to be really good for him. So we want to see him back and playing and fit and happy. Um, and in a good place. And so I'm glad to hear that news. So that's one part of uh, of it. And the second one is, we've had this news already, but Jake Fraser McGurk has been added to the T20 squad. Yep. And he's going to uh, most likely make his debut in Perth. I'm not a huge cricket consumer, but when Jake Fraser McGurk plays, I'm watching. Mm. I just love everything about him because he, he makes things happen. He, like... Whether it's six balls or sixty balls, he just plays the same way, and he and he tries to entertain, and he hits the ball so cleanly. Uh, and yeah, I've got a bit of I'm a bit of a fanboy for him, and I hope that he can um, show that he's capable at this level. Because if because if he can get to the, the international level and play regularly, he is going to entertain. He could be one of the most entertaining players in the world.
1: So, are you saying you like when Fraser McGurk goes...
2: Jake Fraser McGurk. Moop goes berserk. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Thanks. Sorry to spoil your little (laughs) joke. Thanks. Jake Fraser berserk. Maybe that might be the new nickname for him. Mm.
0: All right. Here's (laughs) the news. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power.
1: So good to be back, Mark Bickley. I don't know what happened yeah, there. I mean, this, break, is, this is real cobweb kind of stuff coming out of Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, in the next couple of minutes, we are going to be speaking to Matthew Richardson, Port Adelaide CEO. Your text message is coming through 0427 154 166. Uh, I do like this one. If the Crows have injuries, there's no chance of finals. Had a dream run last year. Text goes down. Then what do they have? Who's their Marshall and Georgie artist? I'm assuming it's from a Port fan. What is your thoughts um, oh, on that?
2: I, I think uh, Darcy Fogarty uh, is someone who is capable. And, and as Taylor becomes less of a focal point, which inevitably has to happen, then I think that um, uh, the Fog benefits from that. And the other one is Riley Thilthorpe. And so he is a high-quality individual. He's got uh, extreme... Uh, physical attributes, and, and when the belief kicks in, I think he's going to be a really good player. When you say Marshall and Georgiades, well, Mitch Giorgiades didn't play last year and is, you know, was I think being really fair, I think he had underperformed before he did his knee. He was actually playing in the sandfall. And so there's still a lot for Mitch Georgiades, uh to prove. I, I'm a huge fan because I think he's got, once again, he's got physical attributes where he can, he's explosive. He puts on good pressure, so he's got good Ground level speed, he takes the big mark, uh, needs to tidy up his shot goal kicking, but he's got all the attributes to be a, a very, very, very good player. But it's just got to click and it hasn't quite clicked just yet. Look
6: at the on the mark.
2: Spaghetti
5: like on the mark. man stuff on the mark. Every good side has a good captain, Mark
1: Bickley! If you haven't heard this before, I will read out some statements and Mark Bickley will recommend whether it's on the mark or off the mark. Short and sharp, this is what we like. Okay. Mark Bickley, here we go. Although 2024 has been great for the 36ers, they should go through a thorough process of signing a new coach and not just hand the reins to Scott Ninnis.
2: Mm, I'm not sure how you can say 2024 has been great.
1: Absolutely I can. Since the new year, the Adelaide 36s have been incredible. Mm, 2023 horrific 2024 good
2: Uh, the one season so i think that's an anomaly i I agree totally i think that is on the mark they should go through a process and they should get the best person available
1: taylor swift is good for the nfl and the afl needs a kelsey swift love story
2: (laughs) uh i'm i'm happy with that i i'm sort of don't really give a continental about it. But what they did say, uh, there was a survey yesterday I heard that said that the they're expecting 21% more people to watch the mm. broadcast because all the Swifties wanted to get uh, a little optic on Taylor and what she was doing. So if the broadcasters are getting 21% more eyeballs on it, which means more money, then that's good for the sport.
1: Ivan Soldo will be Port Adelaide's number one ruckman come round one.
2: I think that's on the mark too. And I haven't seen any training, but what I have heard is a few players interviewed and talk of, uh, they're hoping that they're going to get a lift out of their rucks. And that'll primarily come from uh, Ivan Solder, who has uh, impressed with his his touch from the ruck work.
1: Lloyd Pope and Cam Boyce showed that Rashid Khan isn't the saviour of the strikers.
2: Mm, I think that's off the mark. I think Cam Boyce was good. Uh, I don't still, I still have my heart in my mouth when when Lloyd Pope bowls because he he gets a wicket or he gets hit for six, okay. <laughs> and I think Rashid, particularly in the, some of those early games, it, he's he can defend so much better than than those other two boys.
1: Patrick Mahomes will overtake Tom Brady as the goat.
2: He's on the way. He's, I think he's even three three Super Bowl wins and uh, at a similar stage to Tom Brady. Uh, I look. I still think Tom Brady has a certain aura about him. So so he's got them in the bag and Mahomes has still got the work to do, but he's well on the way.
1: Internal trials are a waste of time. Make them part of the minor round and play more games.
2: No, off the mark, internal trials and, and more so the games against, you know, other teams, which like West Coast and Frio are going to come here in a week's time. That's when the young players, you get an opportunity to see them play. So let's use Adelaide and say... Uh, Oscar Ryan. If you're playing 27 home and away games and no trial matches, you don't see Oscar Ryan play uh, or some of the other new recruits for the, for the club. So playing these matches gives you a chance to expose some of these players and invariably some jump out of the ground and impress.
1: There's too much cricket and we're just playing at one day internationals for the sake of world cups. Now
2: that is, it could not be more on the mark. That is, there is a, plethora of cricket. We we come in here every morning and there's a game on TV. You don't even know who's playing or what's playing. The, the T20 side's got six blokes I don't know playing for them, so it's not how it used to be here in Australia.
1: Okay, two more. Rory Sloan is tough and doesn't have to prove that to anyone. Watch out for Ben Keyes at training.
2: <laughs> I think that's in reference to Ben Keyes pulling off the goggles of uh, Mason Cox, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm glad I said goggles there. Uh, that's <laughs> Is something that Rory's going to investigate wearing goggles, and yes, maybe Ben Keys should steer clear of him.
1: <laughs> Port Adelaide in China will be a bigger success than the NRL
2: in Vegas. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe on the back of the Super Bowl, maybe there is some similarities. Anything I would say is. Uh, Peter Valandis, who is the uh, is he the chairman or the CEO? He calls it
1: Ruggable League. (laughs) That's how he says it. Ruggable League.
2: He's involved in uh, the NRL and everything he touches turns. When I say turns to gold, he makes it work. He is he is a mover and a shaker. And if he's going over there, there will be an element of success to it because he's got a very 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 good track record.
1: All right, Matthew Richardson joining us next on SENSA Breakfast.
0: Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. 14 minutes, Fire State. Great to be back. 27 degrees today. Uh, Mark
1: Bickley, before we get on the CEO of the Port Adelaide Football Club, Matthew Richardson... Our move of the week, who or what is making a move? SA, the easy way to move and store. I wanted to give a nomination to Travis Kelsey that I think a Super Bowl probably saved him getting into trouble for um, pushing his coach, Andy Reid, yesterday. He's one
4: of the best leaders of men that I've ever seen in my life. And um, he's helped me a lot with that, with channeling that emotion, with channeling that passion. And um, I owe my entire career to that guy and being able to uh, kind of control um, how, uh, how emotional I get, and um, I just love move.
1: If, if you haven't seen the vision, it was, uh, I mean, that certainly wasn't controlling emotion no, where mean, he almost pushed him over.
2: He did, and he pushed him over and looked like he was yelling in his face, mm. telling him what to do. So anyway.
1: not good, but, you know, winning kind of fixes everything. What, what do you
2: want to nominate? Mine, mine's a bit of a negative one. I, I'm demanding a move, uh, and this is to a number of sort of fast food chains who uh, back when avocados were $7 each put a surcharge on of about 2 or $3. Yeah. You can buy a whole avocado now for $1.10. Why am I paying 3 or $4 for avocado as a surcharge? Okay.
1: The, I... the hard-hitting issues. Exactly. Um, well, I'm,
2: I'm just not going to take it anymore, Jared.
1: Well, as you we say, good morning to the Chief Executive Officer <laughs> of the Port Adelaide Football Club, Matthew Richardson. I was going to ask if you're walking a dog this morning, but um, let's go to more pressing issues. Your thoughts on avocados. Good morning. <laughs> Jeez, uh, that's <laughs>
0: hard-hitting
3: question yeah. uh, Welcome back uh, after, I hope you've had a good summer. No, yeah.
1: let's talk about another fruit and talk about <laughs> pears because Port Adelaide <laughs> had a, a very good weekend, Richo. It was a, a celebration, a long time coming, and it was wonderful at Albert and having a look at the MG High Performance Centre. I'm sure for yourself and the, the whole club, um, it was something you're really proud of.
3: Yeah, it was washy. You it's know, traditionally uh, the open of our season with our family day at Albert and Oval, and uh, it was just great to be able to do that with all of the recent redevelopments all finished, and to be able to show our members and and fans through all the all the new facilities. So I think we had a great turnout, it was probably you know six thousand people plus. I know the membership team kicked over well over a thousand people on the tours through the new facility, and uh, culminated at the end of the day with our junior members presenting. Uh, Guernsey to the players, which was uh, was a great way to finish off. So no, it was a terrific way to you know officially launch our season.
2: And and you must be proud if you think about the transformation that's been undertaken at Alberton with uh, the precinct, which looks fantastic. I've been through that and had a look, and now you've got the uh, the MG High Performance Centre. You get a connection with your community because it's going to be a community-based centre where there's people can get in there and, and use the facilities themselves. So. You're starting to really sort of some of the things that you've had as a vision are starting to come to fruition.
3: Yeah, we are. We're really proud big Bix, as you say. Uh, you know, Albert and Noble's been the home of Port Adelaide City Club since 1880. And uh, so it's a really special place. And the facilities we've redeveloped over the last few years with the social club, redeveloped the heritage system, grandstand, new lights, and now the MG High Performance Centre. Um, just make sure that not only does it have that really special feeling about what it represents, but also allows us to make sure we're providing world-class facilities for our players and staff. Uh, It allows our our members and fans to be part of the club. You know, we're getting 1,500 people, to training sessions on a Friday morning. Um, So our members and fans can sort of be inside the club and part of it. The fantastic new lights give us the flexibility to be able to play um, you know, AFL quality, AFL W games into the future and, and now the the new MG high performance there and, and also the training field is uh, gives us extra flexibility. But as you say, the really other important aspect about it is that, um, you know, the ability for the community to be able to come in and use the facilities. The West Adelaide Bearcats have got 120 junior teams. They've been training out of school halls and outdoor courts so we incorporated two basketball courts into the mg high performance center so they'll be able to use that at night Uh, and the local junior soccer association who also are struggling facilities will be able to use the the training field out on the out on the eastern side so it just means that the precinct becomes more vibrant there are more people using it and uh of course it you know it's important that we're providing those world-class facilities for our for our players as i said Seems
1: that everyone was in good spirits on Saturday at Albert and Richo, um, following on from the AGM on Friday too. So are you glad that that's all done and dusted now, and then everyone can start focusing on footy.
3: Well, it was a big weekend to kick off our year, but you know I think we've been looking forward for it for a long time. And uh, you know the guys today are down on the Flurio Peninsula with community camp. They'll, they'll go to I think about 25 schools, four and a half thousand kids, and it culminates at in Counter Bay Footy Club tonight with a super clinic so for anyone that's down that way get along I think it kicks off at about 4 30 um so it's just good to you know it's a re- it is a really busy time of the year and then you know our internal internal trial is on Friday night at Alberton, and then we've got two two Friday night games effectively at Albert in a row following that with Adelaide on the, uh, the 23rd of Feb and, and then Fremantle on the 1st of March so I think once we get through this Next few days, uh, yeah, the, the footy really starts to elevate, which obviously is the most important thing.
2: You've uh, unleashed a, or sort of unveiled a new captain in Connor Rosie. It's uh, last year was a little bit awkward with you know Tom Jonas spending a lot of time out of the side. Connor Rosie looked like the obvious choice. Uh, his on-field exploits were fantastic. Is he? Are you confident that he's going to grow into the off-field, uh, I guess, demands as well?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at everything that Connor's done in his career, and you know, he, uh, yeah, I think he's into his sixth year. He's always been able to step up to the next challenge. He played in a premiership at North Adelaide as an eighteen-year-old, um, and just the way that he's grown and matured over the last couple of years. And yeah, we're talking about a, you know, a young man that's only just turned twenty-four. But mm. He, uh, you know he's really mature, he's embracing that and I think as you know Connor has said himself, you know the most important thing that Connor can do to lead is to, is to play well and he's got some great support around him as well. Um, you know, Zach Butters as vice captain, uh, a young leadership group, but we've just still got Ollie Wines, Travis Boke he's got some great people uh, great people around him as well to be able to support him on that, uh, on that leadership journey
1: uh richo the fans were absolutely outstanding on saturday to to show up um and support everything that's going on at the club at the moment i'm sure that makes you and the, the whole team really proud we mentioned tom jonas before he's got an involvement in a working capacity at the club this year too so to be able to move the whole staff back into that facility um it, things starting to feel normal
3: yeah they are so yeah you know, i think our, our you know, for the last eighteen months effectively our footy programme has been sort of on site in the mornings, off site in the afternoons, in temporary facilities. We had eighty of our staff crammed into a, a sort of um affectionately turned it a petri dish because it wasn't probably great for uh hygiene. But uh you know, all of our staff have done an incredible job. So it's it's great to be able to get back into into the new facility. But as as we said it was just it was fantastic for our members to be able to come through. Um, there were so many kids and families that uh, really got to enjoy it and our players do a trippy job when it uh, comes to engaging engaging with the community.
2: Well Matthew uh, another piece of the puzzle was, uh, has been put into place. Uh, you've got high expectations this year. We wish you all the best with all the, uh, the on-field uh, goings on.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate your
1: time. Matthew Richardson joining us there from the Port Adelaide Football Club. If you get an opportunity, go have a look at the facility. Mm. You can have a, a drink at um, the precinct, which looks outstanding, but also with a couple of um, weeks of football there on Friday nights, it's, it's great for people in the area, Bix.
2: Oh, it is. And, of course, you're going to have the AFLW games. They're going to be played there regularly. And as Port Adelaide continue to improve, I think that's going to gain some momentum as well. So plenty of footy to be played at Albert and Noble. 22 minutes past eight
0: tyre power think safety this february get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power very good to be back at 27
1: minutes past eight uh the signet boost power bank is back as well mark bickley most days we'll have them to give away which are awesome they'll keep your phone tablet and earbuds How in 24-7 tomorrow on the show is going to be quite big because not only will we speak to Newport Adelaide recruit in Radigalia, but um, the way he played the back end of last season, you could almost say new Adelaide recruit in Matt Crouch because he was outstanding.
2: (laughs) Yes, can't wait to talk to Matt. And how that Adelaide midfield might look, uh, a lot of discussion around some young guns who have been moved through there. How's that all going to combine? So. Plenty of uh, good things to discuss. Love that footy is just around the corner. Both teams playing some internal trials this Friday.
1: Quick Bix is back tomorrow?
6: You
2: yeah, have to brush up a bit tonight. Not Do some homework, perhaps.
1: Could be a singing version. I don't know. You might have to do your best Travis Kelsey.
4: We've been fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Viva!
2: Let's just say that uh, Taylor sings better than Travis.
1: Mm. Mm. Is there a market on how long they'll stay together for? Because you were having a gamble yesterday on would Usher wear a hat. (laughs) So you had a a big day yesterday at the Crows, didn't (laughs) you?
2: Unsuccessful. I'm hoping. They look very happy. Yeah,
1: I hope they stay together. I love a good love story like you. A
2: power couple. It's good. Hmm.
1: It's like you and your wife, power couple. Oh, hardly. Lucy and Kane Corns, power couple. That's it. You can listen to Kane a little bit later on. And don't forget um, when the Aussies take to the field in Western Australia for the third and final T20. We'll be all over it, so keep it on
4: SENSA. Bix, catch you tomorrow. Ian. Yes, we'll do